morning, Africa. Welcome to Daybreak Africa from the Voice of America. I'm Jackson Bungani in Washington. Today is Monday, May the 30th, and here are some of the stories we're covering for you this morning. The chairman of the African Union calls for dialogue between the DRC and Rwanda as tensions escalate between the two countries. The armed forces of DRC succeeded in linking the city of Goma to the territory of Ruchuru by opening the road national number two after five days of inaccessibility following the occupation of the city of Kibumba by the rebels of M23. That is reporter Jaffa Alcatante in Goma in the eastern DRC. And police in southern Nigeria say at least 31 people were killed in a stampede during a church charity event. They don't involve the, in the security agency to control the crowd, so the crowd was too much. And this weekend, the international community marked World Menstruation Day. Health officials say young girls are often stigmatized by peers because of their monthly cycle. We'll have those stories plus sports coming up right here on Daybreak Africa. Stay tuned. And for our top story, the chairman of the African Union, Senegalese President Macky Sall, is calling for dialogue between the Democratic Republic of Congo and Rwanda. This as tensions escalate between the two countries over a resurgence of the M23 rebel group. This weekend, the government of the DR Congo summoned Rwanda's ambassador and suspended Rwanda air flights there in response to what it says is Kigali's support for M23 rebels carrying out a military offensive in the restive eastern region of the country. The DRC says that the rebels' heavy firepower is evidence of outside support. Rwanda, meanwhile, denies the accusations, calling the fighting an intra-Congolese conflict. In a speech, Rwandan Foreign Minister Vincent Viruta addressed the issue during an extraordinary summit in Malabo, Equatorial Guinea, on countering terrorism and the unconstitutional change of governments in Africa. He called the accusations that his government is supporting the M23 rebels baseless saying the DRC government has shown a lack of political will to abide by the recent Nairobi summit guidelines on how to deal with armed groups in eastern DRC. The UN says that fighting in the region over the past weekend between the Congo's military and the M23 rebels has displaced over 70,000 people. Reporter Jaffa Alcatante is in Goma. The armed forces of DRC succeeded in linking the city of Goma to the territory of Ruchuru by opening the road national number two after five days of inaccessibility following the occupation of the city of Kibumba by the rebels of M23. It's a great joy to the population of Goma who depend a lot on this road. This reopening is following the reconquest by the FRDC of the positions occupied by M23 in the territory of Nyiragongo. Instead, the rebel group says to have withdrawn from Kibumba itself. That was reporter Jaffa Alcatante in Goma in the eastern DRC. Meanwhile, the Rwanda Defense Force is asking the Democratic Republic of Congo to release two Rwandan soldiers who it says were recently abducted by the Congolese army. Eugene Uwimana has more details from Rwanda's capital, Kigali. 
A statement from the Rwanda Defense Force released on Saturday calling for the release of a kidnapped Rwandan soldiers reading apart the armed forces of the Democratic Republic of the Congo, FRDC, along with the FDRR. The Democratic Forces for the Liberation of Rwanda attacked the Rwandan Defense Force along the border and two RDF soldiers were kidnapped while on a patrol. The Kinshasa government has been alleging Rwandan support for the rebels of M23 or March 23rd movement ever since wars broke in eastern DRC more than 10 years ago. Rwanda denies the allegations and condemns the DRC's decision to be joined in their struggle by the Hutu-led FDRR, a rebel group of genocide perpetrators who fled Rwanda in 1994. Bilateral tensions have become a hot topic of debate by national, regional and international political analysts like Patrick Muneza. When Kisekedi took the office, to be honest, I thought he was bringing in a modern way of ruling DRC, a strategy that could be open, which doesn't uh, dwell on the past. But he decided dramatically changed and shook a hand with FDRR. And for Rwanda, that's a disastrous thing to do. The call for the release of Rwandan soldiers was followed by the suspension of all flights from Rwanda to the Democratic Republic of Congo. In a public announcement, Rwanda's carrier Rwanda said the safety of passengers comes first. For political analyst Patrick Moneza, the freezing of relations between the two neighbors is going to paralyze cross-border trade. Uh, but when you come back to the economy, uh, Rwanda has suspended the flights to Congo, and I am sure this will affect negatively the business uh, on both sides. Uh, trade we, uh, between Congolese and uh, Rwandans flows seamlessly for a number of reasons. You know, uh, They are brothers, uh, they share languages. The only thing that a business community needs is security, and this is going to hit very much business. With this situation, I realized that inheriting a name has nothing to do with being a good and a visionary leader. For Muneza, alleged DRC support for the FDRR rebels is a deal breaker. Uh, the solution, my point of view, is to release the Ronan soldiers and then they declare that DRC is not working with the FDRR. Uh, but surely this is going to handcuff the regional integration we're all being optimistic about, uh, which is going to affect uh, the economy and uh, the politics. Uh, and this is really a setback, a major setback. The DRC government has not yet commented to deny or admit that it supports the FDRR. Since March, the M23 rebels have been fighting with the Army of the Democratic Republic of Congo. The Congolese army also got support from the UN peacekeeping mission in Monisco. The M23 is trying to seize many parts of the DRC. Wars in the country have been rampant and have become regional. Rebel groups in the eastern DRC come from almost all neighboring countries. Eugene Uimama for VOA News, Chigali, Rwanda. You're listening to Daybreak Africa on The Voice of America. Police in southern Nigeria Saturday said at least 31 people were killed after a stampede during a church charity program. Timothy Obiezu reports from Abuja. The stampede occurred early Saturday at a local polo club in Port Harcourt, River State, according to a spokesperson for the state police, Grace Woyengikuro Iringo Koko. It was the venue for an annual church shop for free charity event organized by state-based King's Assembly Pentecostal Church to provide food and gift donations to underprivileged people. 
Officials say hours before the event began, large crowds tried to forcefully gain entry into the venue. A locked gate was broken open and people were trampled as they tried to get inside, according to Iringa Koko. Most of the dead were children. Eyewitnesses say a pregnant woman was also among those killed. Chigozie Ibe was in the area Saturday. They really planned the thing, but they made mistake. I believe they didn't involve the police, they didn't involve the, the security agency to control the crowd. So the crowd was too much. Many of the injured have been hospitalized, but some local residents fear there may be more casualties. Saturday's charity program was supposed to be the fourth edition by the church since the event started years ago. For now, the church has suspended the program while police are investigating how the stampede occurred. Timothy Obizu for VOA News, Abuja, Nigeria. This weekend, the world commemorated World Menstruation Day. Officials in Uganda say young girls are stigmatized and discriminated against by peers because of their monthly cycle. They say they are working on policies to ensure young girls have easy and safe access to sanitation services. Mugume Davis Rwakarenji Hasmo from Kampala, Uganda. World Menstruation Day is observed on 28th May because menstrual cycles average 28 days in length and women menstruate an average of 5 days each month. Whereas menstruation is normal, for some communities, it may become a source of burden. In some societies, menstruation means that a child is ready for marriage, even when the girl is still a child. For some menstruating girls, are banished to menstruation hearts or prevented from sharing meals with their peers. And a lack of proper sanitation facilities, such as soap and water, may pose a challenge, especially for first-timers. Restenawaiigo, a teacher at Nanfugaki Primary School in Iganga District of Eastern Uganda says she has seen many girls drop out of school when they start menstruation simply because of fear of stigma from their colleagues. Sometimes they start their MPs while in class. These children, they are so much affected that they feel ashamed, they feel guilty in front of their what? Of their fellow pupils. So they end up breaking off from school just because of the fear that their fellow pupils will laugh at them. Joyce Moriku Kaduchu, Uganda State Minister for Primary Education, says her ministry is well aware of the problem. Scientific studies have shown that poor menstrual hygiene management has negative implication to the achievement of education outcomes. It results into absenteeism, poor performance of our children, and low self-esteem. As a result, it is being one of the drivers of teenage pregnancy. The theme of this year's World Menstruation Day is making menstruation a normal factor of life by 2030. Kaduch says this theme resonates well with her ministry's plans. She says one of the ways to address issues surrounding menstruation is to sensitize the public to eradicate all the cultural norms and the stereotypes. We are developing a national menstrual hygiene management strategic plan to address the gaps in menstrual hygiene management programming in the country. 
we are giving out sanitary pads to 40 districts in Uganda. These are most affected districts. And in those districts, we select 25 schools to receive those materials. Organizers say they want to ensure that by 2030, no woman or girl is held back because he menstruates. They say they want a world in which every woman and girl is empowered to manage her menstruation safely, hygienically, with confidence and without shame. For VOA News, I am Mugume, Davis Ruakarindini Kampala, Uganda. And in West Africa, in Cameroon, the country also observed World Menstrual Hygiene Day Saturday with donors and health workers distributing reusable sanitary pads to several hundred poor girls displaced by terrorism and the country's separatist crisis. Some of the girls said they were seeing sanitary pads for the first time. Moki Edwin Kinzeka reports from Yawunde, where sensitization teams are working to convince communities to stop stigmatizing girls during menstruation. Several hundred girls displaced by the separatist crisis in Cameroon's English-speaking western regions have received reusable sanitary pads, pans, soap and buckets in schools and public spaces in the capital Yawunde. The gifts, called Dignity Kits, were distributed Saturday as part of World Menstrual Hygiene Day activities by donor agencies and the government to help women and girls maintain proper hygiene. Among the several hundred girls who received the dignity kits is 14-year-old Ernestine B, who says she was displaced by separatists from Babanki, a town in Cameroon's English-speaking northwest region. B spoke on behalf of girls who received the kits. At the end of each month, we are wondering where we are going to get money to buy pads. But now, with this father, we are going to use for one year. We are so very happy. It will reduce the risk of some girls getting pregnant when they go out to get money to buy pads. So we are very grateful and we are thankful that they have brought us the most essential things that we need as women and young girls. B said some girls go out for prostitution before their monthly flows begin to be able to raise about $3 to buy sanitary pads. International Menstrual Hygiene Coalition Coordinator Welisane Mokwenkeng says girls and women displaced by Cameroon's separatist crisis live in desperate conditions, lack sanitary towels, and need education on managing their periods. Menstrual hygiene education has been a hush-hush topic and uh, many people don't know how to manage their periods, so education is very important. Secondly, we're doing this because of the unorthodox methods that young girls use to manage their periods, especially during this time of displacement. Many of them use grass, dirty cloths, leaves, and other things to pad themselves, and so we felt the need to give them an option that is healthy for them and that is uh, going to restore their privacy and dignity. Nkeng spoke via the messaging app WhatsApp from Adagom, a Nigerian town located 60 kilometers from the Cameroon-Nigeria border where her coalition is distributing sanitary kits to displaced Cameroonians. Cameroon's officials report that many Cameroonians stigmatize girls and women during monthly periods. The government says men force their wives to sleep on the floor during their periods out of the erroneous belief that menstruation brings bad luck. 
Josephine Sonu is a gender expert in Bamenda, capital of Cameroon's English-speaking Northwest region. She says it is imperative for the government and its partners to convince communities to stop stigmatizing girls and women during their periods. This girl had a heavy flow and the dress got stained and people see it and instead of calling her attention and helping her in a very uh, dignifying manner, people jeer. It becomes so stigmatizing that someone feels so ashamed instead of feeling very uh, dignified that I am a woman and I am experiencing a national phenomenon. Some men are simply overburdening their women because they don't seek to understand what menstrual hygiene is. Cameroon says it is building adequate sanitation sanitation facilities in schools and public spaces so women and girls will not face difficulties in managing their periods. The United Nations says World Menstrual Hygiene Day is observed on 28 May because menstrual cycles average 28 days in length. It says May is chosen because it is the fifth month of the year and girls and women menstruate an average of five days each month. The UN says the day is to advance the idea that menstruation is a biological process so girls and women can menstruate without fear or shame and without being exposed to more vulnerabilities. The day also raises awareness of the inability of the poor to afford menstrual supplies. Moki Edwin Kinzaka for VOA News, Yawundi. Cameroon. Debrick Africa continues. This week, Kenya is hosting the Global Summit on Neglected Tropical Diseases for three days. According to the World Health Organization, more than 1.7 billion people globally suffer from neglected tropical diseases, with most of them living in Africa and other developing countries in Asia and Latin America. Moreno Jambo reports. In Kenya, at least 25 million people are at risk and in need of treatment for one or more neglected tropical diseases or NTDs. In most cases, NTDs cause severe pain, long-term disability, and death of more than 170,000 people every year globally. Carol Karutu is the vice president of programs at the philanthropic initiative called the N Fund. She says most of these diseases affect families living in abject poverty. So you've seen because there's a lot of social stigma. I can just give you an example of someone who has elephantiasis and the social stigma that comes with that within our communities. Everybody's pointing their fingers at them. They themselves don't actually know uh, what is uh, affecting them. It also in a lot of ways, impacts their day-to-day living because uh, livelihoods, they are not able to go to their farms and till the land as they should. The three-day summit in Nairobi, organized by the N Fund, which is working towards elimination of tropical diseases across the world by the year 2030, will bring together over 200 delegates from 30 countries. They include senior government officials, donors and public health experts who will discuss ways to accelerate progress towards ending entities. Karuto is confident that great progress can be made. Quality of life is actually negatively impacted. But most important is these neglected tropical diseases, the majority of them can be eliminated within a lifetime. So the WHO has a roadmap that has 
2030 as a date that we can get the majority of these uh, diseases actually eliminated. If we care today and we do the right things today, then in 2030, even earlier than 2030, we'll not have to talk and think about uh, neglected tropical diseases. It will be something in the past. The diseases have been around for centuries and in some cases they are ancient, though many national governments do not prioritize them. Examples of these illnesses are dengue fever, sleeping sickness, guinea worm disease, hookworm, leprosy, elephantiasis, trachoma, among others. Weekly Fomondi is the head of Division of Vector-Borne and Neglected Tropical Diseases at the Ministry of Health in Kenya. He told the Kenya Broadcasting Corporation that public education is needed to sensitize people on these diseases. Some of the risk factors uh, for acquiring these conditions is poor hygiene condition, and that is cutting across many African countries. Environmental conditions are not very conducive, so they enhance the thrivement of this particular condition. The fact that investment towards those areas have not been very massive, as in the developed world, and then you will find the magnitude of neglected tropical diseases affecting many of the African countries. Kenya managed to eradicate Guinea worm four years ago and the World Health Organization certified that the country was free of the disease. Reporting for viewers Daybreak Africa, I am Moreno Jumbo in Sacramento, California. And now it's time for Daybreak Africa Sports. With that, we go to Samson O'Malley. Good morning to you, Samson. Good Monday morning to you too, Jackson. We begin the sport in Kigali, Rwanda, where Tunisia's U.S. monastery rallied from behind to beat Angola's Petro de Luanda 83-72 to win the 2022 Basketball African League title. The game played offered sweet redemption for the North African side who lost in the championship game of the Baal last year. U.S. monastery, the 2022 Baal champions, posted a 7-1 record in the Sahara Conference group stage and playoffs beating Cape Town Tigers of South Africa and Zamalek of Egypt in the quarterfinals and semifinals. Victor Williams is the CEO of MBA Africa. He speaks on the tournament and the quality of play. We're very pleased that we've managed to play games in three countries, uh, in Dakar in March, in Cairo in April, and here in Kigali now uh, in May. Uh, we've been pleased with the quality of play. We've had very many close games, and as teams have had more time to train and prepare for the BAL, um, the competition on the court has been has been has been has been better. In football news, defending CAF Champions League side Al Hakli will be seeking to cement their place as the dominant force in club football on the African continent when they meet Wada Casablanca in Monday's African Champions League final. The Egyptian club are on course for an unprecedented third successive Champions League triumph, achieving what no other side has done in a more than half a century of the competition. Pizzo Musumane is the head coach of the North African side. He says he's in Morocco to win the title. We have to play the game, of course. Uh, we brought everybody from Cairo to come here to win the game. And we are here to win the game. And we, we don't come to, to think if we can win or not. No, we believe we can win. We are, we are lucky. We are here to play. And uh, you will see us. I'm not saying it's going to be easy. It's going to be difficult. In tennis news, 
Kenya tennis star Angela Okutoi has once again made history after progressing to the second round of the French Open Juniors. The former Africa Under-18 champion is now the first Kenyan to win a Grand Slam match at the French Open. Okutoi defeated 17-year-old Amelia van Impe from Belgium 7-6-6-4 in the round of 64 to progress to the second round on Sunday evening. And finally, in rugby news, South African national rugby team, the Blizzbox, crashed out of the London Sevens when they went down 21-17 to Australia in the quarterfinal at Twickenham on Sunday. The Blizzbox will take on Spain in the second semifinal in the battle for the 5th to the 8th with England facing Ireland in the earlier March. And that's it on Daybreak Africa Sports. I am Samson Omale in Abuja, Nigeria. It's back to you, Jackson, in Washington. And that's it for this edition of Daybreak Africa. We thank you for spending this morning with us. Until next time, I'm Jackson Vungani in Washington wishing you...